Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much for joining this episode of the Entrepreneur Playground. I'm very excited for my second episode of this uh, podcast, and I have two very amazing guests with me. I'm very excited to introduce them to you. I have first Dr. Glenn Livingston. He is uh, a coach and psychologist. He's written a book with over a million views and has approximately 80 clients a month that he's working with right now to uh, help them. And I'm going to have to ask him to, to jump in and to, to fill we in the rest of his... reading. We help them stop overeating. We've got about a million books in distribution. It generates about 80 clients a month. We've got about eight coaches working for us and um, we help people stop overeating. That's what we do. I, I used to be pretty heavy and now I'm not so heavy. And I stopped eating in kind of a fun way, actually, um, by fighting my inner pig. And um, I wrote a book about it and it got popular. And so now I help people do that. That's what I do. That is very cool. Fighting your inner pig. I, I love that. And I'm, we're going to have to, we're going to have to talk about that at some point because I'm, I'm sure. going to need some help with that as well. Okay. So, uh, so that's very cool. And uh, all right. And then we also have Stephanie Benetetto Padovani. I think I got that right. Stephanie that was Benedetto a, Padovani. Yeah, I, I didn't have the, the finesse, but I, I the effort was there. It was perfect, Martin. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. And she is the uh, a lover of dragons and impossible questions, wild creation coach, and the unmarketer at the Awakened Business. So thank you very much. I really for... made you say that. I can't believe you really said <laughs> really? that. Really? You're surprised, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to say it. It was, okay. it was going, I love Game of Thrones. I, it had that kind of vibe to it. And I, I just had to go for it. There. You, you did it well. You did it well. <laughs> Anything that you would like to add, Stephanie? No, I think that says it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know exactly what that says, but... Um, like I said, I'm here for it. So. <laughs> All right. So um, the whole idea behind this podcast is to really explore the idea of why, why including fun and excitement or play into your business or into your life is, is important and, and what might happen if you, if you miss that. So, uh, so either one of you can kind of uh, get a started, but I, I loved that introduction because it, it really, had a nice taste to what I'm really trying to explore here. I have some thoughts if you'd like me to talk or Stephanie, you can go first if you want. No, Glenn, you take it from here. I'll jump in and interrupt you whenever okay. I feel like it. She, she's going to tell me that I'm being too professorial when I say this, but. Wait, if, wait, what was that word? Professorial? Professor, professorial. Pro, oh, professorial. Pref, Got professorial. it. You're gonna, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this right? <laughs> and it has to do with the animal kingdom versus the human civilization. Um, if you look at the animal kingdom, the way that animals play, think of your cat fishing something out of the toilet bowl or your dog you know, trying, to, trying to kill the string, that those plays naturally evolve into what their adult job is supposed to be. The, the cat is actually practicing for fishing and the dog is practicing to kill. You could find similar behaviors with every animal. There is, there is a natural smooth evolution from play into work. Play becomes a little more serious, but there's not this dichotomy like we have in the human environment where, well, people say, are you a workaholic? You're working 55 hour week, hours a week. I say, no, I'm, I'm playing 55 hours a week is mostly what I'm doing. Um, I've got some serious responsibilities, but I've spent a lifetime trying to figure out how to take my natural enjoyments and proclivities and sublimate them into the work that I do. So I think that burnout, I think that a sense of disconnectedness, dissatisfaction, um, I think, you know, higher blood pressure and stress and anxiety and depression levels associated with your work have to do with having mismatched your work to your natural proclivities and buying into this unnatural dichotomy, which doesn't really exist in nature. I think that we owe it to ourselves to figure out how we can um, enjoy work more. And how do you do that? I, I mean, I, I personally think it's a lot of fun to help people. I personally think when someone pours out their heart and their soul and they're talking about a behavior that they want to change that's been dogging them for their whole life. And 
I can engage with them and help them do that in a very natural, empathic, and I, mean, I do some kind of crazy things while I'm working. I can talk to you about that if you want to. Like we, we talk about the lower self or the inner pig. And so when the inner pig tries to convince you to eat something, you know, oh, just you can start your diet tomorrow. You worked out hard enough. You're not going to gain any weight. I'll have them repeat that with a lot of snorts. So I'll say, um, go ahead. You can just do that tomorrow. And it, it gives them some distance from that destructive part of themselves. And they start to separate their constructive from destructive thoughts and they make more constructive choices. But I also do a lot of serious work. I mean, I work with people who are sometimes suicidal. I work with people who can't stop throwing up. I work with people who um, you know, are on the verge of diabetes or cancer or things that are diet reversible. Um, not, I'm not saying all cancer or diabetes is diet reversible, but a lot of it is. Um, and so it's very serious stuff that we do, but I'm trying to connect to the person's constructive self and I'm trying to give them that release to restore the natural synergy between accomplishment and play. Um, so I, I don't think, I think that work is play at its basic, uh, as it most, as it, at its most basic element. You know, I'm not a big Freudian, but he said a couple of things that I liked. One of them was that he said that the best definition of mental health was the ability to work and to love. He didn't include play because he understood play as a healthy man. He understood, he understood work as a healthy manifestation of play. So um, I think that if you are not able to play, then you can't possibly have mental health at work. So what do you think, Stephanie Benevetto Padovani? Lover you of talk. dragons and impossible <laughs> questions. You, you talk good, Glenn. <laughs> I, 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 I don't speak so very many, but I does the best what I are. Oh, I, I really love, I love that take on play from a, from a bit of a more scientific professorial oh, point of view. I really do. Yeah. And I'm going to take a very different approach, but it's complementary, I think. So what I see so many times in my clients who are coaches and healers and wellness practitioners is that there's a feeling of seriousness and heaviness that they often take on because they are so devoted to their calling, to creating change in the world. And also because of their thinking around business and marketing being really heavy, being very serious, being salesy, feeling icky, having to be manipulative or pushy. Um, so what I do, one of the biggest things that I do with clients or my client playmates, as I call them, because I'm big on play, is helping them reconnect to the source of that play so that their, what, what is work can become playful, can become light so that they can rediscover the joy and the inspiration of that. So for me personally, obviously, if I'm gonna introduce myself as a lover of dragons and impossible questions, I'm kind of goofy and eccentric and strange. Don't have an ex. that's what everybody's idea of fun is. It's just my idea of fun. So that's what I'm helping my client playmates to explore is what is fun for you and to come back to those things. So as Glenn said, we start out as children, we innately know how to play and it kind of gets conditioned out of us at some point and we take on these heavy thinking, heavy ways of thinking about business and marketing and what we might be doing in life, but it's still there. And to find our way back to it is to Maybe it doesn't feel like joy and inspiration at first, but it begins as curiosity or a little bit of wonder. And we follow that back into the creation of business as something that's truly joyful and playful and fun. And it can become an exploration and an adventure instead of a job mm -hmm. and a career and a calling, which it's also those things, but it just has the lightness that I think at least I want to be living my life with. So you, you're helping people to find their authentic self and express it through their work in a jovial way. Jovial, yes, in a very jovial way. That's not a fancy word. Is that a fancy word? <laughs> it, uh, it's not a fancy I have, word. I haven't heard it this year. <laughs> in the year of 2020, you haven't heard jovial? <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> 
that's funny. Stephanie, do you have, I, I'm sorry, Martin, do you want to say something? No, I, I just, I, I love both those answers and they, they did go very well together. And, you know, what, um, what I learned through the, the first call that I had on this was that in the beginning of the conversation, we all kind of associated play with, with silliness and, and kind of like the, the pig thing, like, like that was what we were expect like that was play. But on the, what we realized was that there's like a, you know, there's another way to do that where it, it is still fun, but it's not, it's not so like, you don't have to just be silly. You don't have to just like mess with somebody and, and be like mean almost like you can, there's other ways to incorporate that. And, and that's kind of what I was hearing from you guys. And I, I just love the way that you've both incorporated those into your well, business. Glenn, I happen to know, loves to geek out on research. He loves research. That is not fun for me, but he can have a lot of fun with it. Both of us have actually together had fun writing headlines. So may I share your your nightmare headline strategy? I don't remember I it. Alpha? <laughs> a nightmare headline? What, what are we talking yeah. about? Okay, so so I when you mix stuff up. <laughs> I have, I have taught this to other people. It's really fun. Okay. So one of the things that we learned to do in sales copywriting in internet marketing, which, right, we're already like falling asleep and it's boring and unfun, is to write headlines that actually get attention or bullet points that we can put into our copy that get people to pay attention and take action, right? That demonstrate value. It can be a chore. So this is what I learned from Glenn, which he doesn't remember teaching. Oh, no, me. I know and what you're going to talk about now. Is it okay that I'm sharing yeah, this? That's fine, that's yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Is to first write five headlines. I think it's like, I call it the, the alpha wolf, worst nightmare headlines, something or other. I don't remember. So I've given it a title of my own, but I credit you guys. Um, is to write out five headlines, things that you're considering for your product, like how to lose 10 pounds in the next 30 days. That doesn't sound necessarily very healthy for you, maybe. Anyway, that, that's your headline. Or um, how to attract your ideal clients without marketing. I might say something like that, right? So that's kind of boring, but it's a good headline. So I write five headlines like that. And then we start to really have fun with it by writing my client's worst nightmare headline. So I might say, how to sell your soul to the devil um, get, be as pushy as possible, drive clients away and hate yourself so that you never want to be a coach ever again. How to gain 30 pounds in 30 days of ugly fat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you write your, your client's worst nightmares and then you turn around and write the reverse of them, but it's actually so fun. I can't stop myself from giggling when I'm writing these nightmare headlines. I start to get very creative with them. And this is, just sort of a way to bring a little play into something that could otherwise be really dreary and mundane. When, when I was getting my PhD, I wrote my doctoral dissertation on um, the relationship between creativity and problem solving. And one of the things we found, which everybody kind of knows, but um, effective solutions to problems are really a statistical function of how many solutions you put on the table. And one of the best ways to get solutions on the table is to remove the sensor. So if you flip the problem on its head, so you're not constantly judging what's coming out of you, then you start to get fragments of ideas in these bad ideas that, um, that can be used to come up with good ideas. So you get, oh. what, what, oh. what, what? It just reminded me of something. What? One of the things that I love to do, since we're riffing on this, like how can you bring more creativity and fun into your business and play is that sometimes with clients, I will ask them to come up with 25 crazy ideas, like crazy. These cannot be realistic. And just, and they're like, oh, 25, right? You have to actually start pulling things out of yourself. If you're willing to do it, you will get, my ideas are actually, what's crazy for me and what's crazy for you, Martin, might be really different by the way, it's, it, but whatever feels crazy for you, right? So it's not an arbitrary definition. My crazy ideas are definitely going to have dragons in them and like multiple alternate universes and time travels. They're going to just because it's what's alive and fun for me right now. Somebody else, it might not look at all like that. 
But what happens is that out of those 25 ideas, you're going to see some recurring themes. There's a feeling, there's a thing. One time I, I was doing this exercise myself and nakedness kept coming up and it, and I have no desire for, for public nudity, but I was like, go on the news and do this naked and go. And I was like, why, what is all this naked? And it was a, what I really saw when I looked at it is that it was a desire for vulnerability and to like be more visible and seen, right? So we can look at it and start finding the themes and, and there will be the seed of a really cool, inspiring idea guaranteed in that list of 25 things. Whereas I've actually been thinking about going on public news shows naked. You have been, actually. That isn't crazy for Glenn. That's just yeah. what he does on a, on a Friday night. That's just night. what I do on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> you can only be single so long, so. <laughs> Oh, that I love that. That's a really cool idea. I don't. I have no idea what will come out. I'm. I was trying to think of at least a few things off the top of my head, but oh man, that's going to be an exciting exercise to to do by myself, not let alone with clients. That's uh, that's awesome. Especially if you're naked. <laughs> you know, Glenn. I, I listened to you talk, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. You're you're actually really smart. Oh, stop. <laughs> you know how to stop? Seriously. Like, oh, yeah, I forget. because I, I, st I studied this stuff exhaustively. I, I used to run creative problem-solving workshops for, like, AT&T and Novartis and Lipton. And when I was on the wrong side of the war, I used to do those kind of things. And so I get all these exec executives around. Uh, as a matter of fact, we named the company Nextel using that methodology. You remember the company Nextel? The yeah. Good yeah. name. Used to be called Fleet Call. And we had a whole bunch of executives sitting around like the top of the company sitting around a room. And we asked them, what would they name the company if they were going to destroy it? And they would say, poopy telephone, or, you know, caca telephone. <laughs> and, and, and I was, when I saw Nextel and it seemed like such a big company, I always laughed that um, I knew it all started way back when in a room with people saying poopy phone and so. Oh, I had something, it was a fun exercise today that I saw online. Someone said, describe what you do and make it sound as spooky as possible. Make it sound scary. Yeah. And so this is what I said. And it came to me very quickly. I pull out people's insides and help them spatter it across the world. And like, that sounds really creepy, right? Isn't it fun? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both staring at me like, what is she no, talking just, about? No, it kind of sounds like what you do but it actually is pretty accurate it's, yeah. it's like so for me like i'm helping people to draw out and articulate what it is that they do the message that they have and share it with the world right but like how fun to be able to say that and it came to me so quickly and what if we use something like that that's a little surprising that's a little contrarian that's a little unexpected in our business it's just it's just refreshing it's fun it's light I'm not saying that I would say that but on a post I like a comment on someone's Facebook post I obviously would and I like it it kind of says something about me that I would say something like that too that's it awesome says everything about you <laughs> yeah she's sick and twisted yeah yeah I remember Michael Neal was talking about that he he wanted to put down like I'm an expert at nothing but he was like, that doesn't really look too great on a resume. And so one day I saw somebody commenting, like, I, I'm looking for a coach. Like, I, I don't know who to find or whatever. And I just wrote that on his post. I was like, hey, look, like, I'm an expert at nothing. I can't guarantee you anything. But uh, if you want to have a conversation, like, let's let's have a conversation. And and he ended up laughing. He didn't end up reaching out. But I, I just I just enjoyed it. Like, it was just it took so much off of that offer like trying to reach out to somebody that i didn't know through a facebook comment like and it, it, there was nothing attached to it and it, it felt so much freer than being like oh yes i'm a coach and i do these three things like you know i I'm, I'm not a fan of that really so i love that idea making your your details spooky especially in halloween season it's october exactly <laughs> there's one thing i wanted to just say to contextualize this all though um you have to be a little careful when you're selling with humor. Um, humor really helps to sell in the right context, but people have to feel like you're taking their problems seriously because a lot of people are really suffering and they want you to seem like an expert who has thought long and hard. They actually want you to think, seem like the expert that's thought longer and harder about their problem than anybody else. Um, and so humor in that context is great as long as you have 
establish that expertise and showing them that you're taking their problem seriously. Um, I know a guy who's actually a really good coach and he's very, very funny. And he writes really funny sales copy that doesn't sell. And <laughs> I, keep, I keep telling them you have to, you got to take the prospect's problem a little more seriously first and then throw a joke or two in at the right point. Um, and then it really, it shows that this doesn't have to be so serious. I mean, like if, if you look at the, um, can I show my screen somehow? Yeah. Actually, I, you know, I just don't want to be too self-promotional. I was going to show you the cover. Of no, my that's book okay. Illustrate. So how do I share my screen? I'm going to put it on the screen. You, you probably have to give them permission first. So we can, we can. Yeah. And if for some reason you don't want me to do this, that's okay. No, I don't. That's okay. I just okay. Uh, need to figure out how to do that. <laughs> I want them to see your book. There is oh, usually. It, I, I can do it. It says share screen. Okay. No, it says you've disabled participant screen sharing. You'd probably have to make me a co-host or a panelist. All right. or, or a grand emperor. If you go to participants, <laughs> I yeah. think it's under participants and you can allow sharing screen. But or you could just, you could share your screen and go to um go to Amazon and look up the book cover. I just want to show you the book cover. Oh, okay. So you know, while while we're talking about that, I want to push back a little bit on what you're saying, Glenn. And I think you're absolutely right. Um because humor in marketing is can be really tricky. And I see some people go too far or try too hard or not connect. That's really what it's about, right? Like if you started joking with someone who was grieving the loss of their child and you just started messing with them about it, that doesn't feel good to them. You know, that's lacking in empathy. So it really comes down to understanding the person who you're trying to help and meeting them there. There can be a lightness about it that isn't overtly humorous or making a joke and there's a time for it. Um, I find myself in conversations with my client playmates that I will at some point probably be making fun of us and how the absurdity of what we do as humans and how we torture ourselves and how we make up these stories. And it is actually making fun out of context. It could uh -huh. be cruel, but uh -huh. in the moment it's perfect. Uh -huh. Would I do that in my marketing? probably not but maybe it depends on when you when you're when you've established a relationship i do that also stephanie so yeah you know, people will tell me their their pig is telling them they're going to starve if they don't have xyz food at night before they go to bed and i'll say so let's just examine that for a second are they going to find your bones by the refrigerator in the morning um you know so i'll, I'll kid with them and make fun of them and if i just said that to any old person, they could think I'm calling them fat and trying to shame them or something like that. Um, but in the right context with the right relationship, they think it's really funny. They usually burst out laughing and they find it to be a relief and then they don't have that thing. They don't eat that thing. Yeah, that that's a great point. And that's really a, a big topic of discussion on the first call that we did with this uh, in this podcast was talking about there's a certain line once you develop that relationship enough where that's when really you can add the play in, but you don't want to walk into a meeting where you're getting a potential client that you have never met before. And you're just like, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, yeah. going crazy. Like you, you have to establish that trust at, at some point. Yeah. So I'm going to share my screen right now to, to pull up. Uh, let's see here. Glenn's book is a really good read, by the way, if you're interested in the topic, it's easy to read. His writing style is very conversational and, you know, for as smart as he is, God, God, you got to rub my nose in it every time I talk. You know, Stop it's, it. it's, it's very, it's very accessible and it's really interesting. I found reading his book and I've, and I'm not a binge eater. I haven't had that. I haven't been challenged with that. Um, but I found it to be really interesting and contrarian, which is refreshing again. Like he's, he's making it light, but he's also got really strong points. So it can be it's a really good book to read, even from a marketing perspective, I think. That's very Stephanie. cool. Glenn, I just figured it out. You can share your screen now. So uh, can if you, I share you my can screen pull now? it up what, I, what you want to show, because I'm not exactly sure what it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can you see my screen? Yes. yes. Never yeah. binge again. So I just wanted to show you the balance of um, addressing the problem, 
taking it seriously, yet lightening the mood that works in a sales perspective. We did a lot of testing on this cover. Um, we we used a place called Google Consumer Surveys. We exposed dozens of covers to thousands of people. I think thousands, well over a thousand. And um, we did several rounds of iteration. And this is the one that had the most interest. Covers are really important when you're selling a book. Um, but it kind of makes light of the fact that you know, there's this monster inside us that's eating too much. But at the same, same time, the title says, never binge again. That's, people want the problem behind them. It's really, it call, calls out very specifically to the person that it's for. It's people that are binge eating. And it says, you're not gonna, you don't have to do it again. And you know, then the subtitle says, you can stick to the diet of your choice and reprogram yourself to think differently about food. Um, so I think that's what we're looking for with our clients. We're looking for a balance of lightheartedness, but making it exceptionally clear that we take the problem seriously and can solve it. So that's all I wanted to show you. Yeah, thank you so much for showing that. That's a great, uh, I love the book cover for sure. I, 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 that's awesome. And it it is, it's a nice balance of of figuring out like we know how to solve this problem but there's a playfulness to it and as stephanie just described it sounds like your storytelling and your the way that you write is going to be uh, very interesting as well i'll show you another graphic here let me um share my rest of my screen may i well, and of the, course. the important piece on this i think i'm going to say the reason why this works although glenn is going to point to the research and the testing and like yeah 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 i get that that's important but what's, what's really, really um, evident to me is that it's authentic and aligned for Glenn. What I know about him is that that's the approach he brings to life. You know, this is, this is true. This is, it's just congruent and aligned for him. And so for someone else who perhaps is a little bit more um, serious or formal, this would not be aligned. And it, that's the most important thing, I think, is finding your way of doing business, that's a good your point. way of marketing. That is, that's an amazing point. Thank you Th for sharing This is that. a picture that I thought would win. Can you see the man buried by mm -hmm. all the boxes and bags and containers? Yeah. This is the image that I thought would win because it really illustrates the problem and it agitates the problem. You know, everybody who's binge eaten feels like they wind up buried beneath bags and boxes and containers. Um, but it, this one didn't work. This one didn't work. It was too serious. It didn't lighten the mood enough. It didn't connect. It didn't connect that, with the idea that there was a solution. Part of what people experience as lightheartedness is a relief in understanding that there's a solution, that they don't have to take things so seriously, that life is not as miserable as they think that it is. Um, and so while you have to agitate the problem in order to be funny because you, um, otherwise there's nothing to relieve. There's no tension to relieve and humor is a type of tension relief. If you um, agitate the problem without presenting a solution, then that doesn't work because um, then you're just getting them stuck in the problem and they want to run away from that. But that's what stimulates people's denial. So it's just kind of an interesting graphical illustration of when fun works, in what context? Uh, let's see if see if I have one that was just funny that didn't work at all. Um, yeah, this one didn't work at all. <laughs> this, That's a horrible image, Glenn. <laughs> isn't that a horrible image? Um, I, we said about find another one that didn't work at all. Cow pie. Cow. <laughs> Well, well we, we just went. We just went oh, to a bunch of designers. That's a, that's a horrible one. That's yeah, depressing. I'm not a fan of that one. Right, right. <laughs> Immediately. Well, what's the one next to new revised? New one. New re where's that? Don't don't let us hijack this too much, Martin. If you want to take it back, because you know, oh, no. just... this was second place. Wow, this was second place. Huh. But it was a distant second. Yeah, I, I like the one that you went with. I, I think that's the one I would have voted for as well. And and what I heard in, in what you're sharing and what you're showing us as well is to take a problem that maybe people have a lot of heavy thinking around and making it lighter through humor like, yep. or through, through some sort of play, playfulness. And you can get designers for not that much money. 
You know, you can pay people 25 bucks to design these alternatives and go test them for your market. Um, so. Oh, some of my favorite marketers who I've found, and I've actually discovered them through my Facebook feed and being advertised to, are people like No BS Marketing or Squatty Potty. And yeah. they are so funny and irreverent and they strike just the right balance. And every time I come across one like that, an ad that it actually for one makes me watch it because I don't usually watch videos and then I'm laughing and I'm smiling and it's so clever, but it's actually connecting with the real problem that I have, which is why I watch it or I'm imagining that people have. Um, that's what really makes it work. And it feels edgy and risky because it is so hard to pull off in marketing. Um, I think that if something in you is calling you to explore that, do it. It's not for everyone, but if that's alive for you, why not? That's kind of, that's my take in business. Like I don't, I don't believe in rules anymore. And even Glenn, the rules you'll point to about agitating the problem thinks, well, yes. And there's other, there are other ways to do it, or there's a way to do it that maybe is a little different or aligned. That's actually one of the, the challenges um, or questions that people come to me with is like, I'm tired of all this pain point agitating um, lead with the problem marketing. It doesn't feel right. Now, depending on who your ideal client is and where they're at, you might not have to do that. And in fact, many cases you don't simply saying, here's what you're experiencing very practically is enough if you show them a plausible path to it also depends where the market is. Yes. It also depends where the market is. If, if you really have a solution that's better than everybody else and it's evident, and if you have the opportunity to demonstrate that, like for example, coaches doing free sessions are in a much different advertising position than uh, internet marketers trying to intercept people cold on Facebook and um, you know make that connection like that. Because if you are if you're demonstrating your ability by offering them a free session and they feel a transformation inside, it doesn't take that much to close the sale. So you don't, you don't have to be agitating the problem. You don't have to, um, I know Stephanie, you will say that even in the other situations, you might not have to do that, but um, I'm not so sure. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I know, I'm saying I would like to try and see. Okay. Because I see people who are selling vague experiences. Well, they're not vague experiences. They have actually a very clear, they're selling experiences and not results, which is another thing that traditional marketing training says you can't do, but I've, I've seen it myself. There are factors that make that easier, such as having a large audience or a reputation or um, credibility, presence, celebrity presence, right? However, I, I just want to enter into this like, well, I don't know for sure. Let's try it and see. Let's test it out. Like you tested out multiple book covers. You didn't just assume which one was going to be the best. Right. And right. like you can do that if you choose. That's what I'm trying to give people permission to do. I'm not saying that these things are wrong or that they don't work or what they say is a lie. It's not. It's just if it doesn't feel aligned for you, you can explore other so, ways. Selling is, as a compassionate human being, selling is hard. And selling with with the problem agitate solve algorithm, um, it does great against my sense of being a good psychologist in the world, and you know I don't really want to promulgate fear or anything like that. Um, but I, knowing that I have the solution, that it's a genuine solution, it's available for free if people really want it. Um, you know the book is available for free. There are all kinds of audios available for free, um, higher levels of service to what we charge for. But, um, you know, I, I haven't found a better way to sell, but personally, I just haven't. So I know you're smiling because you think I should be more open-minded. No, I'll, I'll I try think, it sometime. I'll try Glenn, it. it works for you and it's aligned for you. Yeah. That's, that's all I need to know. Good. Yeah. It, you know, if it's only if there's something that doesn't feel aligned for someone, then I say, go ahead and try it. It's like, I don't think I have the way either. It's just, I'm proposing there's an alternative if you'd like to look for one, that's all. And you know, the place that I draw the free line is much wider than most marketers do. I, I've got hundreds of demonstration audios that I worked for years to develop and they're all available for free. Um, I probably would make more money if I didn't do that, but it interferes with the person I wanna be in the world. I'm really trying to help a million people a year to, to stop binging. Um, 
So, but they, so I, I'm just saying that I'm not just an evil rub salt in the womb and then give you a salve kind of person. But when nobody's but, accusing you of that. And <laughs> no. I, I don't think any of your clients would say they ever had that experience because there's so much hope in what you're you're presenting for them. They call me the very good Dr. Glenn Livingston. They don't call me the evil Dr. Glenn Livingston. <laughs> I, I like that. And I, I think really what I'm taking away from this conversation um, uh, from Stephanie's point of view is really if it's if it's right for you, then it's then that's what you need to really focus on. And 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 that's what you were talking about with like, if you're not silly, you don't want to have that playfulness, like don't force it to be somebody that you're not. Yeah, and, because Stephanie's not at all silly. So it's really hard for her to, to do. Yeah, that. it's very exactly. difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just love that. And it, it's the same thing. If you realize that it's something's not working for you, why not be open enough to try something new, try a different approach. And, and I think that that the trying area is where you can bring in some more play and you test things out and, and see what's going to happen. You never know what could pop up if, if you're open and willing, but if you're like, no, this is the only way, like I, I have to go this way. That's where maybe some of the seriousness comes in and there, there is no room for that uh, to be, to be open. The, the people I'm, I'm talking with a lot are feeling trapped and confined within the rules and systems of business. So again, like I'm talking to a very specific group of people who have kind of been in this game for a little while and probably had some, um, they've, they've been around the block, they've taken classes, they've tried some things and they don't feel right. And the message out there is that if it doesn't, if you're, if you have issues with the way it's supposed to be done, then it's your, you have a mindset problem and you need to address that. You know, you, you have issues around your value or you have uh, sales, belie limiting beliefs around sales. And I'm just challenging it. That might be true. You may have some, some thinking around it that um, isn't supporting you in, in promoting your business and actually finding and connecting with clients, but I'm challenging it. This, my message is not for everyone. It's not appropriate for everyone, but I know who I'm talking to and they respond to it. And those people I can help. People who are just starting out and are just learning about marketing, it wouldn't probably be appropriate for them to come to me. And they probably wouldn't resonate with my message in the first place. And that's exactly as it should be. You're having a lot of fun doing what you're doing. I am. And, and I do it in a way that the more the more play I bring to it, the more playful it feels for me, the easier it is to do and the more joyful and the more people respond to it because it has that energy about it. Not everyone again, because some people want someone who's a little more serious. And I'll tell people, like, if you want somebody who's going to take your problem seriously, seriously, I'm not your person. I, I'm now, does that mean I'm going to, I'm going to laugh at you or not empathize or be compassionate? I don't think any of my anyone who's who's had a conversation right. with me would have right. would say that no, no, that no. i'm right glenn no, you're very I, I, I would recommend you in a heartbeat also so yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's but we will find it together it's it's about finding the lightness of not having to take those things so seriously that seem like we're stuck in them forever we bring that lightness to it and sometimes it's humor and sometimes it's not sometimes there's a time to spend a spend a few moments just being in it and it sucks but we can be in it together and then, then it can shift beautifully. Yeah, that's great. Being, being in it together. I, I love that. And that, I think that's where sometimes you, you could really add the transformation and that's where you don't have to be silly, playful a hundred percent of the time, but making sure that you don't forget about that. I think, because what I hear a lot of people saying is like, you know, oh, this is business. This isn't a game like, you know, or, you know, you have to take life seriously, like those kind of things. And I'm like, well, do you? <laughs> and yeah. and that was, that was where this whole podcast idea sure. came from was I, I was getting kind of sick of hearing those things and, and thinking, you know, maybe there's a different way to approach it. The other place that I think coaches and therapists have fun is talking to each other. Because it, when you become successful and your days are filled with client after client, it can be a little isolating and it can be a little stressful because you're, you're listening to serious issues and you're 
you've got your problem solving hat on, you've got your empathy hat on, you've got all these stories inside of you. And if you ever sat in one of the supervision rooms that we had at the clinic, where six or seven therapists would sit around and talk about you know, where they got stuck. And it was one of the most fun places I, I've ever been. They would, um, they would tell stories protecting the client's identity and you know, clients say some pretty funny things from time to time. I, I once had a client who, uh, she, for, for example, I had a client who told me that if I didn't answer her question, she was gonna get up off her chair and bitch slap me. Um, so, but they, those kind of things go on all day long. And um, developing some masterminds and peer supervisions and um, outlets with your, your colleagues, that can be a lot of fun too. That's a great point. That I think is something that a lot of us forget too. And, and we get wrapped up in everything else going on. And, and sometimes you miss those conversations or, or forget to have them, but that's really, really important point. Hmm. I'm wondering if there's anything else that, yeah. Is there a question on your mind, Martin, like something that you'd really love to have answered or discussed or see something new about around this? Um, I mean, my question would be like, I wonder what, what someone would say or no, I, hold on. I'm trying to think of how to word this. <laughs> um, I wonder. Hmm. Like what to do when someone, you know, if someone tells you like, this is like the order that you're supposed to go in. Like if you're, you're following like society's definition of success, where it's like, you're going to go to school, you're going to get good grades then you're going to get a job. Then you get a mortgage and you get a family. And, and that's like, the you say, how's that working out for you? Yeah. How is that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah. I feel like breaking that, that definition and coming up with your own is really where you get to explore and, and hit some of these exciting things. And, and that was just kind of how I got into coaching was breaking that and realizing that, Oh, wow, I'm way off from you, this you know, definition. I, I think um, I forgot where this comes from. It's a famous marketer. He says, you don't have to climb the ladder of success. You can leapfrog your way there. People walk around as if you need to, go get your master's degree and then go work at a company for five years and pay your dues. And, but, but what if that's not true? What, what if you could leapfrog your way by, you know, connecting with some people who have been successful like you have before um, by, you know, finding an area where you feel really confident you've got something to offer and then standing up and sticking your chest out and saying, I can help you um, offering it a lower cost to start with, you know, just to get the experience and then, what if you can leapfrog your way to success? I, I was a 25-year-old PhD, and I said, I can do all this corporate consulting stuff. And I walked right into Lincoln Mercury, and I pitched them on, a, um, on an analysis of their, their uh, demographic, because the people that were buying their cars were going to die within 15 or 20 years, and they needed to move it down. And I gave them this whole psychological analysis of what they could do to fix it. And I said, it's $50,000, you want me to do it or not? And they said, yes. I, I had some backing, I had some, you know, backing of a company that was had a little more experience, but you know, I, I stuck my chest out. I said, I can do this. I said, it's unique. And I got the job. I totally freaked out when I got the job, but I got the job and I made it happen. So, what, a, what a cocky mofo you are, Glenn. I, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> think so either, right? Like from just my all shucks personality sometimes, it, but it is, you are this really amazingly fascinating combination of those two. All shucks and like walking in and being like, yeah, it's going to cost you 50 grand. You won't, you know, you want this. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. You know, um, what came up for me when you mentioned that Martin was I love the question if you, what if you don't have to? What if you could do it any way that you'd like? What if you could, you could throw out all the rules and have a blank slate and do it anyway? Or if you could create your business with any elements, what would, what would that be like? What would it be? 
And often that's a hard question to answer because we have spent so much time trying to do it right, but simply giving yourself permission to think about something different, to contemplate it right there, the possibilities are already opening up, even if you don't see them yet. And I think that that's what one of the beautiful things that coaching can do. And one of the things that we can do for ourselves when we begin to wonder about it and give ourselves permission to reinvent it, to break the rules. Maybe there are some rules we'd like to keep. Some of them are really useful. It doesn't always mean outside the rules and breaking the rules, like play inside the rules. Why not? You can do it any which way. Um, there's a woman I, I spoke to just this morning and she's been, as many of us have been in, as I've been in, in this internal struggle with, do I do it the way marketing taught me? Or do I dare to do it differently? Do I dare it? Because this doesn't feel right. And her inner wisdom had been nudging her in certain directions. And in our conversation, I could hear it. And I just reflected it to her that she was already in it, that she already knew what was alive for her, what she was exploring that was working. She understood that if she put more time and attention on that, those things would probably get more results for her and that she could do it and that she saw it clearly. Not everybody's in that place, but we all have access to it. And that's what I'm passionate about helping people to do is to reconnect to that because we do have that guidance. There was something in you, Glenn, that gave you that idea that you said, yeah, this is for me to, to walk in boldly and make that pitch. And you didn't know it was going to work and it might not have, but it did. And how cool is that? There was no reason that it should have. There was no right. formula you followed. It was, right. but it was based on things you'd been learning and all of the information you have and your psychology background. Yeah, and part, part of it was because I was so virgin at the, at the consulting business. I didn't know to be afraid to go pitch that. <laughs> I, I just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. And, and I saw Stephanie, this may have been your post, but I don't know for sure, but I saw a post on Facebook and it was talking about like seeing someone sharing, like what would be your, like, what's your dream job or whatever. Mm. And everyone was writing like what I do right now. And, and the person like wrote this whole post, like that's so like, boring like if you could have like a dream job like she was like I would want to go and like be an astronaut like live on the moon like something mm -hmm. like think mm -hmm. outside the box and be like creative like don't just like stay where you are and like I feel like that's like kind of breaking the rules and like mm -hmm. it's just like something to think about I'm not saying like you know I'm gonna go launch off like blast off tomorrow onto the moon but it was just like a way to to add that creativity I thought that you posted it but maybe it was it, a different it coach, wasn't it wasn't me but I love that you. question <laughs> what what was your answer did you answer it Martin my dream job would probably be to be a, a basketball coach for a, uh, a division one basketball team. <laughs> that would be, Ooh. that's the dream job. Huh. I wonder how close you could get and yeah, what that I, would look like. Like, is there a coaching equivalent? I would take something like that and go, well, what is it you love about it? How can you do it in what you're doing right now? So that's cool. Did you have an answer for it, Glenn? Are you thinking? Um, yeah, I don't think I can say it out loud, though. <laughs> All right, will you tell me privately later? I will, I will. It came into my head, yeah. But, I mean, the truth is, my, my answer would be exactly what I'm doing now. But if I, if I couldn't pick what I was doing now, I have one. But it's um, it's kind of R-rated. I don't it's, think I can say it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, okay. Oh, I have to know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now you know, I'm curious. Do you know what mine is? Because I have thought about this. If I could do anything, I would travel around the world telling stories and people and having fun and playing with people and their lives would just change in all these cool ways. Yeah. You're making that happen though. That's I am. You are. Exactly. You are. Yeah. But that's so how close can I get to that? That's like yeah. what I'm, that's actually what I'm, that's my, uh, that's my North star in a way. Like I'm bringing I mean, that I, to anything. I, I, like, like I live on the beach helping people on my own schedule. How much better does it get? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get a lot of adulation and authority and I have to remember to, not get too narcissistic, um, but it, there's not a lot of perils. It's it's a really wonderful life. So yeah, I, I could make I could bad. make more money I, if I was making more money. I'd be a little happier. But um, but I, I've got what I want. I really do. I'm going to have to go in just a minute, Martin. I this has been lovely. Yeah. Um, by the way, my dream job would be um, 
personal massage therapist for Denise Richards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you listening, Denise? <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So before I let you go, Glenn, I do want to just say thank you very much for, for taking part in this and for, for jumping on from sharing your wisdom and your, your book with us. And, and that's some exciting stuff. So if, if somebody is interested, where can they, where can they find you? Oh, um, neverbingeagain.com. Click the big red button. Sign up for the reader bonus list and you'll get a free copy of the book in Kindle, Nook, or PDF format. You get a free set of food plan starter templates. And what will be most interesting to your audience is you'll start to get access to um, hundreds of coaching demonstration sessions using this really unique method that's helped um, hundreds of thousands of people. So neverbingeagain.com, click the big red button. All of our other services will be led to you from there. That is awesome. That's exactly what I've been taught not to do my whole entire life. You're never supposed to click the red button, but oh. <laughs> I love that. that uh, definitely. You definitely cool. want to click the red button. Click the red yeah. button on, yeah. on your website. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm much. not responsible for what happens after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And okay. Stephanie, where can people find you and, and what you're up to? Um, let's see. The best place would probably be the easiest place to theawakenedbusiness.com. That's my website, The Awakened Business. And uh, you can also get onto my email list if you'd like. I'm currently doing a no social media unmarketing experiment and I'm sharing my adventures and I'll share many adventures and unmarketing and these kinds of things, alternative ways of doing business your way. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Stephanie Benedetto Padovani, if you can figure out how to spell it. And there's, a, uh, there's an Awakened Business Facebook page too. I just wanted to say that Stephanie's ideas and energy is inspirational and are inspirational and fascinating. And I don't say that about many people. So I, I mean, we are friends, but I would say it even so if we- um, If you we hated not. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. It, I read it, her. Even if I hated that bitch, I would, I would tell you to go. <laughs> I gotta go. I really gotta go. Bye, Thank you very Thank much, you. Glenn. I appreciate your time. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was very funny. But Phew, uh, what the, I the what son I love of a bitch is finally gone. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this show is that I get to connect with people like Glenn, who I had no idea. I didn't know about him until this call. And uh, so what we do here is I invite a guest. So Stephanie was officially the guest, and then the guest is responsible for bringing a friend. So she was able to bring Glenn into our lives, into the entrepreneur playground. And uh, oh man, that was so much fun. I really enjoyed that a lot. Well, thank you for having me. And I love that idea, by the way, Martin. I love that I could bring a friend and it also shows a willingness to play on your part because you don't know who's gonna show up. You didn't vet him, you just trusted <laughs> me. And I knew I wanted to have someone who would bring value and also be playful and fun. And we have good banter. So that's, I think we did that. So thank Def you. Absolutely. It was awesome. And, and you know what, he made us both look a little bit smarter. So I appreciate you bringing him in. <laughs> Just, well. It rubs off on us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was awesome. So everyone, thank you very much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this. I know I did. That was, that was just a lot of fun. And, um, I'm looking forward to the next episode. We have two exciting guests coming on next week, which uh, is going to be a blast. They're going to be uh, a wild time. So uh, please join in for the next episode of the Entrepreneur Playground. And uh, thank you very much for, for listening. <laughs>